Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. I want to begin this morning with uh, the situation at Gymnastics Canada. There's been a lot of focus uh, lately in the sport of hockey and uh, the situation more specifically at Hockey Canada and their handling uh, of abuse and misconduct allegations. Unfortunately, these issues are not exclusive to any one sport. There's been some increasing focus, understandably so, on what's been going on at Gymnastics Canada and in the sport of gymnastics and some of the abuse that young athletes have been subjected to and how all of that's been handled. The CEO of Gymnastics Canada, Ian Moss, was on the hot seat yesterday. Now, this comes uh, amid calls from some prominent and accomplished gymnastics in Canada. Kyle Schufeld, Rosie McLennan, Ellie Black wrote a letter uh, to Gymnastics Canada's board of directors saying that leaders need to instill confidence, take action, show good judgment when they head up national sporting organizations. Based on these Key needs. We have lost confidence that Ian Moss, the CEO, and Jeffrey Thompson, the board chair, have the ability and trust of the community to see Gymnastics Canada through the current crisis. Now, yesterday, Ian Moss was uh, appearing before a Commons Committee and facing some really tough questions about the situation, about some handling of some specific situations, including one coach in particular who was accused uh, of misconduct, Conservative MP Anna Roberts questioning Ian Moss yesterday. Here's some of that exchange. My question to you, Mr. Moss, do you have any children? And if this had happened and one of your children came to you and explained this, what what actions would you have taken? I would have moved forward with a formal complaint. So why wasn't that done? Are you telling me that these gymnasts were not telling the truth? Like you're making them sound like they're they're making up stories. That's not the case. The case is there were several allegations, not one, not two, several. There were several allegations. That's the point. But earlier you said that it was, you know, a misdemeanor, for example. It wasn't a huge thing. But now we hear differently. So I don't know what the truth is. Can you help me understand that? Absolutely. Uh, I said earlier at the front end that uh, we have a process based on policies and procedures and a a fair and equitable process for everybody that's that's underneath those policies. And as such, we deal with complaints as they come forward. And ultimately... So obviously obviously this complaint was uh, neglected because these athletes were not taken seriously. In my point of view, I think that we failed them. You're the CEO, and you failed these young athletes. I don't know, as a parent, how I could possibly allow this man to continue coaching and jeopardizing our youth. I I just don't understand it. With respect, we have to do uh, due diligence in terms of facts. It's as simple as that. But the facts are clear. No, they're not. How would you say they're not? Allegations are not facts. But you said earlier when I questioned you that it was really nothing to investigate. But these no, allegations are serious. No, I did not say that, actually. Okay. Correct me, please. I apologize. Yes. I, I had said that 
we dealt with the matter when a, when a formal complaint came forward in regards to a code of conduct. The other matters that were concerns about behavior, we also dealt with in terms of trying to ensure that there was behavioral adjustment. Okay, so a somewhat uh, defensive and arguably combative, uh, combative CEO from uh, Gymnastics Canada. Now, being defensive and combative does not help, I think, in these situations. And we saw that previously with uh, top Hockey Canada officials. This whole situation, though, with Gymnastics Canada, the sport itself, is unfortunately, this is not new. This is not new information coming to light. I mean, almost a year ago, for example, you had uh, some 70 gymnasts. Uh, sign a letter calling on Ottawa to launch a probe into what they say is a toxic culture within the sport. So once again, we have a situation where, you know, organizations, individuals responsible for the well-being of young people, young athletes, are not living up to those responsibilities. So what needs to change? Someone who's been watching all of this very closely, in fact, a former elite gymnast herself, uh, Laura Meisner is uh, director of and professor at the School of Kinesiology at Western University. Professor, thank you so much for joining us here today. Welcome to the program. Well, I'm happy to be here. Uh, your thoughts, first of all, on uh, Ian Moss and uh, what you heard from him or didn't hear from him uh, before this committee yesterday. Right. I think it's a really unfortunate stance that uh, you know, Mr. Moss has taken in terms of uh, the competitive nature and not taking any ownership or responsibility for the way that Gymnastics Canada should be doing and undertaking the investigations when things come forward. I'm surprised to see or to hear him uh, take such a stance. Um, in the past, we have heard Gymnastics Canada really talk about their, um, you know, forward-thinking approach to investigating these situations and making sure that it is a safe environment. Yet, clearly, that's not been the case, and I don't see that he's taking on any of that responsibility. And that's a really problematic approach from a leadership perspective, in particular. Um, I would have liked to see him and hear him talk more about the role and responsibility of the leading organization in this country for the culture of sport that is so pervasive and the problems that have arisen that are well known in the gymnastics community. And so I'm, I'm, you know, I'm really disappointed to see that that's the stance he's taken in this, uh, in this situation. Right. In terms of the responsibility of gym, Gymnastics Canada, I mean, is it kind of a parallel to Hockey Canada in terms of its responsibility for the sport across the country and its responsibility for the various provincial and local associations? Right. Well, essentially, the structure functions the same with the national sport governing body being the having oversight and responsibility for all the provincial organizations. They're also the funding partner in the same way that we hear and we know for um, the provincial organizations throughout all the all the different sports and hockey and gymnastics are, are very similar in that way. So the national organization does bear that responsibility, particularly when we're talking about something that is so pervasive across the country. This is not something that's isolated to one province, one community, one one club. It is certainly something that is pervasive across the sport and the sport culture. And therefore, that national organization, as the leading organization, should be bearing that responsibility and taking responsibility for making the necessary changes and doing something to facilitate that change. But but, you know, standing up and saying it's not, we didn't know, it's not a responsibility, we didn't need to investigate these situations any further is a really problematic stance from the leadership. How would you describe the problem? Because it seems uh, vast, unfortunately, that there have been some specific allegations of sexual abuse, misconduct, uh, other issues uh, of maltreatment, harm, this, you know, the, the toxic culture that so many gymnasts have, have spoke of. So it seems like we're talking about a whole lot of issues that fall under this broader umbrella of just how problem plagued this sport and this organization is. 
Right. It, it is a very vast um, and deep issue, and it is not, uh, you know, singular. It's not something that we talk only about in terms of, um, you know, sexual assault or physical assault or psychological harms that have been happening over time. And a lot of this, in my opinion, has been fueled by the nature of the way we fund sport in this country and our focus on high-performance sport. You know, the emphasis is on getting athletes to international competitions and winning medals. And in order to do so, gymnastics has taken the stance that we need to do particular things. And that that is a coaching structure that focuses on coaches having a lot of power, particularly men over young women. And so that in and of itself has become quite problematic. And so we see a lot of psychological harms that then can result in physical. And then obviously the, you know, these worst cases of sexual assault and sexual harm as well are there. So it is pervasive in the culture and the reason it becomes so silenced in all of this is because we're aiming for high performance you know the national sport governing bodies are funded on a model of medal performance so unless they are winning medals on the international scene then they are not reaping the rewards in terms of those resources and so that national organization fundamentally is responsible but sport canada and the government's also responsible for the fact that this is the model that we fund organizations on Yes, we have an accountability framework for those organizations around ethics and responsibility, and that's part of their funding. But fundamentally, our system is built on medal performances at international competition, and that's how we fund the sports. So unless that changes, we're not really going to see a true change in the way that sport is structured. As I mentioned, you're not just coming at this as as a professor, a researcher, a sports scholar. You've coached and you've competed as well at at the highest levels in this sport. So Mm -hmm. as you were coming up competing and then coaching, I mean, Mm -hmm. did you see a lot of this yourself? Certainly I did. I I was an athlete myself, a coach. I was also a national level judge. Um, And it's one of the reasons that I left the sport is because, uh, you know, I saw a lot of things happening that I didn't see were right. A lot of the coaches that we're talking about, I saw behaviors even in competition that I thought were really problematic, pushing athletes when they were injured, um, you know, talking to athletes that I would would cause psychological harm. Um, You know, I was fortunate myself as a gymnast. I had wonderful coaches. I worked in a wonderful environment, and I didn't experience it myself, but I certainly saw that it happened to others, and I saw it more as a coach and a judge, and it's what pushed me to leave the sport. You know, I filed complaints myself um, saying that these things should not be happening, and I can tell you when I hear Ian Moss talking about them doing investigations that... You know, the complaints that I filed never really got investigated. I didn't see them go any further, or if they did, I didn't hear anything done about it um, because those coaches continue to coach long after I left the sport. So, um, you know, I'm really concerned about the nature of of the kinds of investigations that did happen and have been happening over time. So, you know, I, I have to say I am, you know, really thankful myself because I had a wonderful experience myself in the sport, but I know that others didn't, and I saw that others didn't, and for me that's really problematic. Right. And so where does the pressure come from to, to look the other way then? Is it it's about not rocking the boat? Is it about keeping people in positions of power because, I don't know, they're getting results? Or, you know, what, why aren't these matters dealt with in the way they should be? Yeah, I mean, I think you've said it there. It's it's keeping position, people in positions of power because they are getting the results. Um, and we saw that shift, you know, in the late 70s when we moved to this performance-based model of funding. And so we needed people performing. And Canada 
you know, historically hadn't done well on the international stage. And suddenly we started to do well on the international stage. I know there's, we could talk for hours about the culture and the shift in gymnastics itself because there's, you know, all kinds of things that happened around that time about the shift away from women's gymnastics to girls' gymnastics and having it as a youth sport rather than a women's sport um, in particular. And so there's, there's all kinds of cultural shifts that happened then. But ultimately, we looked at a different model of how to produce champions, how to get kids, essentially young girls, young boys, to uh, to optimal performance. And many of those measures that were used, we would find very problematic in this country. The way that we um, touch athletes, the way that coaches touch athletes, the way they push them beyond their limits. Um, so that they're in a physical and a psychological discomfort zone, and then that can result in other things. And that really puts people in these positions of power. And they're getting results. They're succeeding on the national and international stage. So it's really difficult for those organizations, or at least they say, to remove them from those situations because they are getting good results. And maybe athletes don't feel comfortable stepping up and saying that, I don't like this. I don't like the way I'm being touched. I don't like the way people are talking to me. And really what we're doing, particularly throughout the 80s and 90s, is asking young women, young men, to step forward and speak out against their coaches, against those administrators who had extreme amounts of power over them. And so it's not surprising we didn't hear more at that time because they weren't given the power to have that voice. And that's a fundamental issue that we need to change, that athletes need to be empowered to have the voice to be able to say no and to look for alternatives. And I don't think we've seen that over time, and that's a culture that really needs to change. Where does that change begin? Does it, does it start at the top? I, I would say the top is a beginning point, but it has to happen throughout the system. We are going to hear from coaches judges, athletes throughout the system who are going to say there's no problem. Everything was great for me. I never saw any of this happen. But they need to be able to look beyond that. So it has to happen at the national level, so at the leadership level, but it has to happen throughout the system at the club level for clubs to look at themselves and say, is this the right approach? Are we approaching this in a safe way? And we have wonderful systems in this country um, about safe coaching models, um, ethical coaching models, and clubs need to really look at themselves and say, are we approaching this in an ethical and safe way? Um, So they need to do that. Parents need to be doing that and saying, is this appropriate behavior for my child? Is it Are they being pushed too hard? So it's not just about the national level coming from that leadership. That's a big starting point, but it has to happen throughout the system. A really good, hard look at how to make this a better, safe environment and still be able to have athletes that excel. We'll leave it there. Professor Meisner, appreciate your insight on all of this. Thanks so much for joining us here this morning. Hi, it's Shauna, and I might be a bad parent because my kids think french fries are vegetables. Hey, it's Ryan, and I might be a bad parent because I went out for wings when my wife was in the hospital after giving birth. Johnny here. I might be a bad parent because in my house, the tooth fairy gives pocket change. But we're not alone. Len emailed us and said his six-year-old daughter's Tarzan moment going from love seat to lazy boy by curtains made him more proud than any dance (laughs) recital. And Andy left his two-year-old at the rink. All right, guys, I'm sure we're not alone, like Andy's kid. For stories and confessions like this, make sure you check out our podcast. It's called Bad Parents, and it's available wherever you get your podcasts. I left a glove at the rink.